Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. We have RCMP officer, ex RCMP, and he wrote a book called Twice as Far. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's uh, Tom Juby, so he's sitting on the line right now. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's uh, nice and warm here, and uh, the sun is shining, and it's great. So for people that don't know anything about you and about the, the crash, before we get into that, um, who are you in the sense of um, what did you do before you wrote the book, and how did you get into uh, this Swiss Air flight? Like, what, what, what was your involvement? I was 32 years in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I was... Uh, a forensic crime scene investigator, the CSI that you see on TV. I was I started doing that in 1975. So at the time of Swiss Air, I had 27 years of of uh, doing it. In 1998, I was in working in Halifax, and on September 2nd of 98. Um, uh, MD-11 aircraft owned and operated by Swiss Air crashed into the ocean off Halifax, Nova Scotia, and 229 people perished. I remember that very well myself. Uh, I was back there with my wife. She and I were on honeymoon in PEI at the time. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, well, any air crash is a major event when it's a when it's like that, an air crash in North America is uh, is always a very major event when there's there's humongous loss of life, and, and this was a, a major tragedy. Uh, there was there were some very prominent people on board, and of the 229 people 
who perished, more than 100, were American citizens. And it was, it was called the, the um, um, UN shuttle because it was flying from New York, JFK, New York, to Geneva, Switzerland. And there were a lot of UN people on board. And again, like I say, some very major and prominent people. And um, um, it was it was tragic. It went in at uh, at about 10:30 in in the evening, and uh, they did a search and rescue all night long. And by morning, they knew that there were no survivors. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the next two months, we operated a morgue. Um, the plane, when it struck the ocean, it was uh, surface of the water. It was doing better than 350 miles an hour, and it broke into shards. Uh, well over uh, the transportation safety board said one million pieces. Mm. I think they lost count, and there were several million pieces of that aircraft. And it took it took uh, more than a year to pull it all off the ocean, off the ocean floor. Wow. It, from the get-go, we knew that there had been a fire on board, a major fire, and it was to such a point that uh, the the crew had decided to do an emergency landing at Halifax. And um, they didn't make it, obviously. And uh, the fire incapacitated the aircraft so that it uh, it could no longer fly. And I believe that uh, I believe that everyone was dead prior to impact. Uh, an aircraft is similar to a submarine in that it's a very confined. Uh, space and controlled air and you had a major fire with lots of plastics burning lots of cyanide and that air is circulating through the cabin low oxygen and high cyanide results in 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 death and that's the that's the root cause of most fire deaths people don't burn die through burning up, they die through smoke inhalation. The plane, uh, the plane was recovered in the, the several million pieces, and and over the next uh, three and a half years, uh, we worked to put those pieces back together to try to tell the story. Now, the Transportation Safety Board of Canada, similar to the NTSB in the U.S. Uh, had control of the file and there was an agreement with the RCMP that we would supply technical assistance in the way of photography, uh, physical evidence, handling, processing, and, and cer- certain, bits, certain types of analysis and lab work, that type of thing. And being in forensic ident, um, that was largely my area. And within a year, I was the only forensic ident member on the file. Mm-hmm. 
during the course of the file, I took probably 150 or close to 200,000 photos. Um, there was uh, thousands of exhibits taken and um, analysis of all types. Uh, the uh, again, as I say, there was a fire, and the we knew that the plane had gone in because it had lost control due to the fire. But what had caused the fire? That right. Was the main question. So it came down to a case of trying to search for that cause. Initially. And the media uh, played a major part in in this, I think, and and I have my my comments about the input of media, on, uh, because uh, right away the armchair um, uh, guys who knew knew all about plane crashes said that it was the in-flight entertainment system that had caused the crash, caused the fire. Well, it turns out that the in-flight enter entertainment system on the Swiss Air, Air airplanes was a unique system. And when they did a history check of it with the Swiss Air uh, company, the, the, the technicians, they, they were flying 19 of these aircraft, all of which had this entertainment system, they had never had a problem with any of them while in flight. The TSB uh, looked at the system and said that they didn't like the way it had been wired in that it was wired directly into the fuse box and didn't go through a, a certain control panel. And the that that was a bone of contention from the get-go, but really, in the overall investigation, it had very little to to play in in the cause of the fire. Um, one of the one of the arguments that I made that the entertainment system didn't cause the fire was or that they hadn't had problems with the entertainment system on any of the flights was the pilots did not realize that the entertainment system was not controlled through this alternate panel that they 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 control all of their electrical stuff with well if you're a pilot and have a problem with the system and learn that you're going to tell every other pilot in in your organization and none of them knew so you know the argument is uh, I don't think that the entertainment system was a problem at all period so we we realized that during the investigation we realized that there were several dozen short-circuited wires um, there's 250 miles of wiring on an MD-11 and in during the fire, we had numerous short-circuited wires. So they came up with a a an old um, physics law and a new system 
of examination so as to look into the short-circuited wire to determine um, a timeline. Hmm. That's the best way to put it. A timeline for the, the cause of that short circuit. Basically, what it is is there's an old physics law called Seesvert's Law. And he argued, and this goes back hundreds of years, he argued that a, a liquid absorbs the atmosphere around it in direct proportion to the temperature of mm-hmm. that liquid. When a, short, when a wire short circuits, it's at many thousands of degrees Fahrenheit, and it's a liquid, and it literally sucks up the atmosphere around it. And it's only for an instant, and then it freezes, becomes a solid, and it traps that air inside the, the subsurface area of that, that bead with a very specialized system called Auger Electron Spectroscopy, you can tap into that bead and determine what those air molecules were. The beads of the on the aircraft were pure copper, 99.9% pure copper, with a tin or nickel coating. And what we found in the in the testing was a high concentration of magnesium, aluminum, and iron. Now, those three ingredients are the ingredients of a thermite device, an incendiary device. Mm -hmm. Now, your, a, a lot of this testing was actually done at the Boeing lab in, or preparation for the testing was done at the Boeing lab in Seattle. And it turns out that the Seattle Fire Department um, inadvertently plays quite a, a part in in this story in my book because in years past, in, uh, prior to the the crash, they had investigated some very serious fires in, during which buildings with very little in them, in the way of fire load, burnt to the ground in very short time periods. Mm-hmm. They did analysis of it along with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and determined that there was an accelerant used and it included magnesium and aluminum an accelerant with diesel fuel, magnesium, and aluminum. They gave it the name rocket fuel because your space shuttle with the, um, the uh, boosters on the side of it wouldn't get off the ground unless they mixed magnesium and, and aluminum powder in the petroleum, solid petroleum propellant. That gave it the extra heat and boost to get it into the air. And during the fires that Seattle was looking at, it was causing concrete buildings to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And they called it uh, rocket fuel or HTA, high temperature accelerant. Uh, 
And it turns out that on this aircraft, we had magnesium and aluminum along with iron that we couldn't account for. And that became a serious bone of contention. Um, the, the doctor who was doing the analysis was in Ottawa, and he was considered to be one of the best in the world. Um, he was a leader in North America in the process, and he lectured around the world. Um, he'd been doing it for 20-odd years, and he was a Ph.D. in geology, and he knew his stuff. Mm. However, the Transportation Safety Board and senior members of the RCMP, with no knowledge of geology and certainly no knowledge of Auger electron spectroscopy, decided that he didn't know what he was talking about. Mm. Why do you think that is? I don't know, and there's a question that I cannot answer. All I know is the Transportation Safety Board was given the task of investigating the file as a safety file, mm -hmm. not as a criminal investigation. The TSB does not do criminal. They only do safety. I was told on numerous occasions to cease my criminal investigation that I was undertaking as a police officer. And that's what I do as a criminal investigation. I don't do anything else. Right. And I was told to stop. Eventually, I was brought in in front of four other senior members, and I was handed a piece of paper, and on it was were instructions that I was required to sign uh, indicating that I would alter my notes. I would edit my notes. That stuff pertained to the criminal investigation that I was conducting and the potential cause of the fire as an incendiary device. Now, there's a couple of other things to keep in mind. We had uh, the guys when they went to JFK, one, one of the first things that is done in an air, air crash investigation is to interview all the people who had previously worked on the aircraft. When it's at the airport, uh, you have aircraft technicians who, who, who might be there to service various parts of the plane, but you have a cleaning staff, you have a, a catering staff, and you have various other people who, who work that airplane. And they interviewed all but one. One person at JFK Airport worked the one shift, worked on that plane, and was never seen again. Hmm. Uh, they don't know who he was because he gave false identification. And this is in 1998. Um, we, don't, we still, to this day, don't know who he was. Now, you know, um, the where the fire was, uh, where it was situated in the cabin, in the cabin, um, anyone with limited instructions 
would be able to access that area and deposit whatever they may have deposited. And it would have only have taken a pair of coveralls, a stepladder, and a few seconds. I, I've got a question for you here, Tom. Um, can you speak a little bit about what the motive might have been um, for this kind of uh, situation? We know that uh, I believe the plane was called, or that that particular flight was called the UN shuttle. One of the other things that is normally done on the airplane on a crash is to find out who the people were that were on board. We knew name, birth date, address, but uh, uh, Fred Jones, uh, who actually was he? Who was he working for? Why was he on the plane? Why was he going to Geneva? Where was he going beyond? Was he meeting up with someone or, you know, what about him? What, what Did he have any enemies? Our guys who were doing that, and it's called profiling, our guys who were doing that by day three were told to shut down. We don't want it done. Uh, we only know a couple of people who were on board. Uh, their, their histories and whatnot. And of those people, um, you know, they're very prominent people and they could have been targets. There was one guy who was supposed to be on board and that was... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An MI6 agent who was supposed to be on board, but the U.S. authorities at JFK put him on an earlier flight and got him out of the country at the request of the British authorities. When he learned that the plane had crashed, he immediately went into hiding in Switzerland, and it was learned that MI6 had a contract on him. Wow. Richard Tomlinson is the name, and easily found on the web. Um, there was a uh, million dollars on board. There was a Picasso worth well over a million. And there was over a billion dollars worth of diamonds. We never recovered the diamonds. And we don't know if they were ever on board. Yeah, th- this part is very interesting for me, too, because um, you're, you recover over a million pieces of a, of a plane and then these things just don't ever show up which is is pretty fascinating but I'm sure they were insured for the the amount that they were worth I would imagine yes um, I, I, to tell you the truth I that was not part of my area so I didn't follow it but, mm-hmm. yeah um, one thing I have learned is that there, there is a possibility that they were recovered by the U.S. Navy, but it's only um, it, it's it's only a possibility. Some one of the um, ROV operators uh, recovered a briefcase, and he had been told to to locate it and he did locate it and found it, retrieved it with his ROV. We don't know. Uh, it was never recorded, and we don't know whether it was the diamonds that were in bo- on board or whether it was a courier uh, carrying diplomatic stuff. But the argument, I guess, is New York to Geneva. Um, you've got the UN but it's not an embassy like it would be a washington flight you're going to europe where your your couriers would be carrying diplomatic stuff um would they be on this flight i don't know and that's something that you know maybe someone who's obviously someone with more knowledge than me um would would know Apparently, a number of them were uh, UN employees. So, as far as far, but would they have a briefcase handcuffed to their arm? Right. Yeah, we don't know that. And that's where the passenger profiling comes in. Why were we told, our guys told, not to profile the passengers, not to find out who they were? Um, the guy who who uh, serviced the plane and was never found again. Uh, 
the U.S. authorities uh, at the airport made the comment, oh, that's not unusual. We often have, at that time, we often have uh, employees who only work the one shift, and we don't really know who they are. My argument to my, to my guys was, and how many planes crash within an hour of those guys working on them? An opportune time for someone to put an incendiary device on. Now, was it there to cover a theft, or was it there to take out someone? How was it with the other RCMP people you worked with and the other officers and stuff? Did you have anybody else that were uh, sort of supportive in what you were doing or thinking? Yeah. Uh, one of the other guys, uh, he'd gone to New York and met with the BATF people, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, and they were going to come up to view the, the uh, wreckage. And the BATF is considered to be some of the best fire examiners in the world. Um, they're, they're renowned for, for what they do. And when our boss found out that they were coming or going to come up, he forbid their, their attendance. He ended up going to this member and say, telling him, that he wanted his notes amended, he wanted them to change his notes, and then he booted him out of the hangar, kicked him out of the hangar and off the investigation, and he told him he was to have no further contact with me at all. Now, this guy, Carl, uh, he had contacts with the BATF, the BATF, knew about magnesium and aluminum and HTA, high temperature accelerant, rocket fuel. If they had come up, I obviously would have been speaking with them, would have told them about the high uh, magnesium and aluminum and iron that we had, and somebody would have drawn, a con joined the dots. And my bosses did not want that. Mm. Now, why? I don't know. But somewhere in there. And to, to boot, to, to tell a member to change his notes, uh, to tell a police officer to change his notes and to destroy evidence like that, notes are evidence. You're yeah, right. Evidence. Uh, that's obstruction of justice. That is a serious criminal offense. I'm trying to figure out the reasoning behind their movements. Like, you know, if, if there was, a, you know, some bomb or something to ignite the plane, to take down the plane for a particular reason, um, why are the upper brass in the RCMP and people like that trying to hold back that sort of investigation or discovery? Like, are they involved in the missing items? And, and Like, I'm trying to connect them. I know. I know. And it's a quandary. I, I, I do not have the answers. Um, I, all I know is there's a, there's a whole lot of things that point to the obstruction. And it, it's, there's documents 
and and I I have documents on my website. I have I have statements uh, like my notes, different comments by those officers, and and statements by members of the TSB. Um, when you put them all together, they form a series of dots, and they travel in a certain direction, and that direction goes all the way to the top, and it it indicates that the top echelons were told to keep this as an accident, but back then it was kind of, uh, we don't want to tell the public, keep it quiet. It's like a faulty bridge. Well, it would cost too much to fix it. And hopefully the right things or the wrong things won't occur at the wrong times and the bridge collapse. I have no, I have no doubt that the, the RCMP and the TSB were directed by the Prime Minister's office. 229 people who I believe were murdered, and it would have run out of the, it would have been run by the FBI in the U.S. with most of the expenses borne by the U.S. So why was it shut down here? And, and how were the Americans toward that? Did they, did this not bother them? I I only saw two FBI agents, and they were up for the morgue facility, and they were fingerprint guys. And other than that, we never saw them. Um, when it came time to meet with them down in the States, uh, my boss and the crew that went down, uh, they, they did meet with them, and there were discussions, and it was... I. I can only assume it was put forward that there was no physical evidence to indicate a incendiary device or a criminal device, and it was a safety investigation. And again, it was the in-flight entertainment system that was the cause. You know, it, when when we watch the um, different documentaries out there, there is one on, uh, of course, the Fifth Estate, and then there's one on... Um, Jeez. Uh, National Geographic, and there's a, another one too. They talked about the um, insulation blankets being very uh, flammable, but yet on on your report, you're saying that you couldn't. It, it was it was too difficult to light them on fire. Um, how did, can it be? We did how tests. Could, yeah, we did tests at the the FAA down in in Atlantic City. And we set up a mock frame uh, similar to the, the overhead area of the MD-11. And we put the blankets in and we put in the air ducts and what have you. And we tried to melt aluminum. And we, we put the, the, the insulation blankets in and we could, we could just barely get the stuff to burn. We could not melt aluminum, and it was it was a slow fire. It, it, the stuff did burn, and everything is relative. Um, if if you don't want it to burn and it does burn, well then it's highly flammable. Uh, 
but if you're if you've got something if you, if you're trying to 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 cook on your barbecue and you've only got uh, the dregs of the tank a propane tank and it's only sputtering well it's not going to cook your barbecue is it but it still could cause a fire uh, it, it's the idea that that we could not melt aluminum and do the damage that was done on our crashed aircraft we did this until the very last burn and what it was was the intent was to put an equivalent amount in to the frame and have it burn all at once and see how much heat it generated when later on when I did the math I found out they had put in more than six times the amount mm -hmm. and it it melted aluminum all right it it the, the, the frame cracked and, and, and there was all kinds of molten aluminum but it was six times the amount hmm. and, it, and it was fluffed up it was if you burn a newspaper uh, and, and roll it up as a log your newspaper will last for hours but if you take each page and crumple them up and throw them on the fire all at once you'll have a raging inferno that just lasts a, f a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Same material, but its its physical properties are different because the amount of air that's involved and, and how it's situated. And that's the thing on the airplane. When the blankets are in place and there's multi-layers and you have moisture from condensation um, they're hard to burn what kind There's of response are you are you getting on on your theory and the book when when I put it forward to the CBC back in 2010 and 11 and Lyndon McIntyre looked at, at the thing he was he was absolutely astounded in fact he was interviewed just a year ago by a local paper down here and his comment was the one program that he had he retired of course in all of his years with the fifth estate the one topic that he had a real problem with in that it wasn't resolved was Swiss Air hmm. that that there was a problem in the investigation and he could never understand why it was dealt with the way it was dealt with that there was evidence that was denied what do you hope people get from 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 your book and where where do you want it to go I would like to see an inquiry I hope it's a public inquiry and this is similar fact evidence from the top down said yeah it was okay for them to come to me and tell me to change my notes mm. and to overlook that material and that is wrong that is illegal yeah those are serious 
We're talking 10 and 14 years in jail for a sentence on those things. That's not just uh, running a red light. Well, it's time for those officials to stand up and, and be dealt with and to, to create an example of them. Because in, in this, as, as far as I'm concerned, here's two cases that I know of where this one inspector uh, hid evidence or, or, you know, obstructed justice. Mm -hmm. And he retired, got a real good pension, and went on to a second job with now another pension. And, oh, yeah, he's just wonderful. Wait a minute, he's a criminal. As far as I'm concerned, he's a criminal. A guy did 17 years. 229 people were murdered. Nothing done about it. Boeing and the airline companies basically have not carried out most of the recommendations that came out of that crash. Why? Because they, they knew the recommendations were bogus. Now, you have a website out there um, with the timeline and everything. Um, where, where can people go to find out information? Uh, twice as far or swissair111.ca or .com, uh, but twice as far and uh, all one word. And... Uh, if you, or just query my name, uh, Google my name, Tom Juby, J-U-B-Y, and it will come up. The website, I, when the initial program came out, I had a lot of people say, uh, you, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about, and, and you're, you're not an investigator, you're an ident guy, and, and ta-da, 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 you don't know the whole story. So when I created, when I wrote the book, I realized I couldn't put all the information in the book or it would be a thousand pages. So I decided I'll create the website to put the documents in and put the timeline and copies of my notes and this and that. And the documents are there, the, the form that I was given to, uh, telling me to change my notes. It's there. The report that came back from from the the senior officer in Ottawa, an assistant commissioner of the RCMP, who said that it was quite all right for that officer to demand that I change my notes. That report is there. That that links right the way up to the commissioner. The commissioner. Mm. They're complicit in in the whole thing. It just you know. It is an obstruction of justice to change your notes. Has there been any threats on your life or anything like that? <laughs> I, I'm a big guy. So, yeah. And, I always, and I'm a good shot. So I, always, <laughs> I always used to say, if somebody's going to shoot me, they better be good on the first shot. Yeah, get me, get me good first. <laughs> you know, these, I, I watch over my shoulder. And, yeah. and whatnot, but yeah, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I put out the book and in the website. Uh, too late, guys. If you're gonna if you're gonna shut me up, it's too late. Hopefully, the right people will get hold of it, and we'll go somewhere. 
The only thing is, the problem is the politics. Mm-hmm. Well, um, our hour is quickly up, and uh, on that note, we're going to have to uh, uh, cut it short. Um, but we've been talking about Twice as Far and the author Thomas C. Juby. And uh, thank you, Tom, for, for giving us um, some information. Well, thank you very much. This hour has flown by. It certainly has. Thank you, Tom. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.